You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Uh, we're fortunate enough to be partnered with BetMGM. Here's the deal with BetMGM. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check the show notes for full details. If you're like myself and Jake Fisher and you're a big fan of Matt Rule, you might say, eh, I might go over that a little bit there with the BetMGM. So, again, check it out right there, BetMGM. We've got a ton to talk about here. Let's hear the disclaimer from Shane, and we'll get started. Claimer 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. All right, now joined by one of the best linebackers I've seen, Oral Valley's finest, Ironwood Ridge's finest, Jake Fisher. What's going on, Jake? Just another day in paradise up here in Chandler. I'm glad I made the move. All right, we'll fill people in real quick. What's Jake Fisher up to these days? My wife and I own a health insurance and life insurance business. It's fun because I get to work from home. As you guys can see, I have nothing on the walls. I have some trophies and stuff up there, some hats. But other than that, just on the phone every day, and I got to – Close as many deals as possible, and then when I have some free time, I check in on Arizona Sports. All right. How can they get in touch with you with what you're doing and whatnot if they're interested? Yeah, you can call me at 520-850-6866, or you can go to www.arizonahealthinsider.com, and then they can go to the bottom of the page, put in your information if you want to talk to us. All right, Jake. So we're going to talk a lot of Arizona football here. You know a thing or two about the linebacking core, but I wanted to get your take first. It looks like Arizona is back in play for Caleb Love, um, North Carolina transfer guard. I know a lot of people are kind of in a love-hate relationship with him. What say you about Caleb Love? My thing is Kylan Boswell and Jaden Bradley are going to be sophomores. Caleb Love has you know, a little bit more seniority to him. I know that sometimes he likes to put up shots that none of us really agree with, but if somehow, you know, his usage rate goes down a little bit and he can figure out a way to play with those other two guys, I really think that he could be a pretty good asset to the team. Yeah, and I have full faith in Tommy Lloyd in a situation like this. I mean, he sees the stats, he sees the numbers, but one thing that this team kind of missed the last couple of years, well, at least last year, was somebody that could create. Now, again, like you said, he makes some interesting shot selections for sure but anybody that can drop 35 in the final four that can drop 37 in the sweet 16 um i'm interested in there jake yeah no doubt i think uh you know if he does not come i think that our two high scores are going to be kylan and ballo just because we saw how kylan looked at the end of the year but if his max is 14 a game for a sophomore year and ballo is 14 or 15 it really looks appealing to bring in a guy that can average 16 or 17 a game just because you have that one game like we had last year where you only had one guy shooting well or, you know, it was a defensive game and nobody could hit a shot towards the end or, you know, get their own shot like a Princeton or like one of the Stanford games, one of the Washington State games. You need one of those guys. You can beat your guy off the dribble. He can pass. He doesn't pass often, but he can pass. He can see the court, and I think that's – you know, tough shot making, especially against good defensive teams, is something that you need. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's something, too, that, you know, at the end of the game, I generally don't have a problem with what Tommy Lloyd's going to do from an offensive perspective because we're generally going to put up points right here. But, you know, it does help, like you said, when you've got somebody at the end of the shot clock that can make some plays right there because, again, that was something that was a little bit lacking last year. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think Kylan and Jaden are going to do fine uh, getting, you know, the bigs inside the ball. But every now and then, if you got a scrappy group like a Houston team or something like that, we had one guy, Mathurin, when we played them two years ago. And even last year when everybody sunk off the three-point line and dared us to make a shot, um, you know, our big wasn't doing too well. So it's one of those things to where, yeah, the inside looks great. The exterior looks awesome defensively especially, but having an extra shot maker never hurt anybody. Where are you at with Tommy Lloyd? We're two years in right now. What did Jake Fisher expect when Tommy Lloyd came in? Where are we at now? What do you want to see in the future? Well, when he was at Gonzaga, he had a a couple of recruiting wins with some of the top uh, guys internationally, obviously, but some of the, you know, big guys domestically. And I think that the fact that he got to coach under one of the top coaches of our generation for 20 years, I think that really did him well. And then the fact that I really like how they built that Gonzaga program after Lute Olson's Arizona team. And love how they're so free-flowing offensively. But my thing is the last two years, I feel like we haven't had enough toughness. Now, if you add a couple of Bulldogs like Kylan and Jaden and a couple of these other bigger guys, and they still have that same type of offense, if you start to miss shots, now you can actually sit back and rely on your defense to get you out in the open court. See, that's where I'm at, too. I was curious to see what Coach was going to do this offseason because, again, he's got the gaudy record and everything. But I was curious to see because, again, we've seen it now come tournament time where, for lack of a better term, Arizona's been kind of punked at times right here. You're bringing in a Kashad Johnson. You're bringing in a Jaden Bradley. These are guys that are going to embrace the defensive side of the ball. They're going to embrace, especially getting rebounds, getting out there. That's why Johnson, to me, was a very nice pickup because the average person's like, oh, 7.7 rebounds in San Diego State. But Jake, I mean, you you've been you you're a high level D one athlete. You know, sometimes it's a little bit more than that. It's always more than that. I feel like when Tommy Lloyd first got here, that first team he had, although you had all the talent, you didn't have the bruisers that you need, especially at the guard position. You had the wings, but sometimes you need the guy that can beat you off the bounce. And if you're hounding our one guy that could do that, and Mathurin, it's going to be tough. And then the fact that we're able to bring in a guard that can actually penetrate. Um, Kylan might be able to play off the ball a little bit. You know, you saw his shot falling a lot. And then having a guy come in who is basically going to be a senior. He's tough. Uh, Watching his highlight tape, I love how he tries to dunk over everybody. Uh, You just have guys that can actually send you a message this year. And I think Kylan and Jaden, you know, I love the guards from last year. But those guys, I feel like that's an upgrade. Pella gets one year better. Balo, one year better. And then although you bring in Kashad, I think is how you say his name. You got it. You lose a little bit on the offensive side, but the defensive side and the rebounding and the toughness and the leadership, I think you improved. So starting five, I think is much better. And like you said, too, like what's it going to be like, too, when you don't have to just rely on outscoring somebody when you know, you know what, we can get into this low scoring game against Princeton and have a good chance of winning that game. Yeah, and it's so weird because we did that a couple games last year. Like two of those UCLA games were exactly like that. And two things that ended up happening. Number one, they would actually challenge our outside shots and we would be able to get down low because they had no bigs, essentially, especially when Bona would foul out. But the other thing that I like is the fact that when we're able to actually pack it in and we have these bulldogs up at the top, like I said, and then you have some athleticism on the wing, I think that's going to help us out tremendously because there were a couple of times they got 
one of our bigs in a pick and roll last year. And, you know, Balo, although he does block some shots, he doesn't have the quickest feet. And yeah. Tubelis, you know, just didn't look like he was necessarily trying all the time on defense. So I think it's just an overall effort. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of it is a lot of it is want to, and we're going to get to that obviously here in football. But uh, first, um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Arizona football here. You know a thing or two about the line playing linebacker spot. Um, you got first of all, let's talk about Jacob Manu last year and what you saw from him. Obviously, coming in a little bit undersized, but took the world by storm. What made him so good last year, Jake? Especially because he was the he was kind of that fourth uh, that fourth piece right there with that whole Servite crew. Yeah, well, look at the school that he came from, right? right? It's not like one of these Tucson schools where it's like you're just basically paying, you know, playing a 4-3 and a couple different coverages all the time. You have a bunch of college athletes, so you have a bunch of really, really good coaches that want to coach them and get them to the next level. So that helped him. But he's also just a baller, and he's not afraid to put his face in the fan. You know, remember right. Coach Fish always used to say that, are you afraid to put your face in the fan? He's not. Even though he's a little undersized, I know a little bit about that, but he's even smaller than I was. So for sure, a lot of heart to do that. And then, you know, you're probably going to transition to this, but I am excited to see what Flo can do because you have that caliber of a guy who will smack the living heck out of you. And he's that fast and that versatile. Um, I mean, if you get a spy to sit back there and just let him kind of go with the, some of the transfers we got in the portal. Right. Um, you know, it's all up to the secondary at that point. And sometimes, too, guys just need to change a scenery. I mean, sometimes it just doesn't work out at that place. You know, uh, again, uh, this is a guy that was rated the top linebacker in the country just a couple seasons ago. It's not like he just lost that talent right there. And so you get him in here. He physically looks the part in spades right there. It's exciting to see. And I think he's got the ability to play downhill right there as well, especially that linebacking spot. So you can be getting some TFLs, stuff like that. Yeah. When you have that kind of speed – Coaches are okay with you shooting the gap. Right. If you're a slow linebacker, most of the time they're like, you know, keep your technique. I was one of those guys. I was not running a 4-3. So they're telling me to get to the right spot, read if the guy cut back, then obviously you can go. But he's a guy that can cut through the backside A gap and chase you down to the other sideline. That's right. what I'm excited to see. And then even out in space, you have a guy that athletic and that quick. I just think that he's going to make a huge, huge difference and then, you know, we're going to go to this, obviously. I'm most excited to see what they do up front because we mm -hmm. haven't had some big boys like this in a while. Like, even back when I was playing with Stoops, we had some big boys. But then against Rich, you know, when we were with Rich Rod, my right. nose tackle, uh, Tevin Hood, mm -hmm. awesome. He was awesome at getting blockers off of me. But, you know, he wasn't 6'4", 320 pounds. Right. So having some of those guys, you're going to allow two ball hawks to play off of them and go hunt the ball. Yeah, and see, and that's the thing, too, with Rich Rod, you know, again, we all we definitely appreciate, like you said, Tevin Hood and Parker Zellers and guys like that. But, you know, like you said, you're, when you're a linebacker and you got dudes in front of you who are 340 pounds like you could have with Bill Norton or with a Manoa, that's got to be a little refresh, refreshing because you know that I got some guys that are going to be able to keep some people off of me. Manoa is the one I'm most excited to see because right. I saw some of his uh, his old clips when he was at UCLA and he was actually on defense. And you could basically just one gap or two gap everything where essentially he just goes and he manhandles the center or, you know, he takes up two blocks and you don't have to worry about anyone getting their hand on you. So that's the guy I'm most excited to see. And then I just need to see a little bit more on the pass rush. And that's why I think a guy like, Justin Flo can be huge. And then I forget the kid's name from uh, Washington, but I guess he's a hell of an athlete and they like to put him out 
right. size, and you know he might be a really good pass rusher too. So as long as we can get to the you know the actual quarterback this year, I think we'll be fine. And I think for the third year in a row, we're going to increase the amount of turnovers we cause. I'm also excited to see Deuce Davis on the defensive line yes. right there. Because keep in mind, I mean, you're up in Chandler right now. I mean, that's big-time football when you're dealing with Chandler, Chandler Hamilton. And this is a kid that led the state in sacks. Um, Pops played in the NFL for quite a while. And um, he was the one guy that looked like he had some bend off the edge that I'm curious to see what he can provide at that pass rusher position there, Jake. I think he'll have a breakout year, but I think his biggest year is going to be his third year because he's going to have gained, you know, probably 30 plus pounds, but good pounds. Right. Not, right. You know, not the 230 I am right now, but like <laughs> 230 or 240 in actual muscle. And the kid's a little bit taller. So, you know, he has the ability and a bigger, you know, a wider frame so he can actually hold the weight and then he's not going to lose any of his quickness. So if he gets a little bit stronger. He can set up a couple different pass rush moves to where now he can actually maybe, you know, do a bull rush or something along those lines. Um, I think he's going to be great. I think he'll probably have, you know, between six and eight sacks this next year. And then I think he'll have his double digit sack year, his third year. I'm curious to see what they do at the linebacking core because keep in mind you got the two that are going to start in Justin Flo and Jacob Manu obviously, but then you got Leviticus Sua who's going to be coming in too, four-star kid out of modern day uh, who was the Trinity League Player of the Year. You generally don't get guys like that at Arizona, so he's going to be coming in with a lot of accolades right there and size that looks like it's ready to play pretty quickly. He looks like a bigger version of Jacob Manu. Does like, he? He's just all around the ball, not afraid to hit you. Uh, I saw a couple of highlights where he put, you know, a pretty decent sized offensive lineman on his butt because he actually puts his face in the fan like we were talking about. So um, I think, you know, maybe not this coming year, but the year after that, we might have one of the top two or three units just because those guys are going to have played together for a year or two. And uh, I know I think uh, Flo's leaving, but I just from seeing the guys that they're bringing in, I have a feeling they're going to be able to fill that third linebacking spot when he's gone. And they're going to be really good. It's kind of like, and then I want to get your opinion on Jed Fish a little bit. But, you know, the thing with uh, Fish, though, he said, if we're going to miss, we're going to miss big. We're going to have bigger guys across the board right there. And again, I got I got spots for my Jake Fishers. I got spots for my Jacob Manu, the instinctual guys who can get in there. But I, I like that, too, because, again, it felt like so many times with Rich Rod that, you know, I don't you don't need to throw out five, five, seven wide receivers if you don't necessarily don't have to. Right. You know what? Going back to the linebacking core and just uh, some of the freshmen in general, the fact that some of them have been able to play snaps as a freshman. Like when I was a junior and senior, we had some freshmen like, I don't know, you've probably heard of them, Scooby Wright, that can automatically play. You know, uh, Colin Schooler, some of those guys. I think he was the year after I graduated. But you don't get guys that can necessarily play at a high level as a freshman unless you're really, really bad. And right, it's right. not that we were bad last year, like we were great on offense, but some of those freshmen that came in and stepped up on defense against some of the top offenses in the entire country is very impressive. Right. Now, what do you look for for a guy that can come in and contribute immediately? What is somebody what do you look for? What what are the key in what are the key factors right there that you look for? Well, it, it can be twofold. You can be in a freak athlete and then you kind of cut down the playbook in half and you don't have to worry about a lot. And then you put them into certain positions to see how they do, or you just come in and you just know the game. 
Right. You know, some of these guys from these Servites or the modern days or some of these big time programs coming in or some of the you know programs up here in Chandler, they come in already having a basic understanding of the game. They actually have played all the different types of defenses. It's not all going to be the same, but at the same time, you have a basic understanding of what to do. Like, so I, he came in as a freak and he had a motor like I've never seen. So essentially, there were a couple of times where, you know, Coach uh, Castile would be telling me, hey, if he doesn't know what he's doing, you tell him where you're supposed to go, and then you just go and get his spot because he was only a freshman, and he, you know, he had only made it halfway through the damn playbook. Right. right? His sophomore year, you saw what resulted because he knew what the hell he was doing, and he kept right. the same motor. He was still that freak. I wouldn't say freak athlete, but he was just powerful, and you saw him just knock guys back. So it could be twofold, but yeah, that was probably my favorite freshman to watch, just because I mean. Even his freshman year, I think he had like eighty something tackles. And right, he was, you knew immediately he was different. Oh yeah, well, and then the next season we had some bigger uh, defensive linemen, and they knew that he had an understanding of the defense. So hey, just go. That's all, all right, you got to tell those guys. Let's talk about the DBs a little bit here, but first, got to tell you about Mountain Mike's Pizza. Now you're in Chandler, Jake. There is a Mountain Mike's Pizza there in Chandler. You can check it out or head over to mountainmikespizza.com or to their Mesa, Chandler, or Tucson locations to place your next order. Reminder, new diehards get a $50 voucher upon signing up. Again, Mesa, Chandler, and Tucson, cool cities right there, all three of them. Um, and Tap and Bottle, we have all of our away game watch parties at Tap and Bottle for football and basketball. Love to see you down there at the downtown location or at the north side. Get some four peaks there as well. Uh, support local. Scott, Rebecca do a great job. All right, now, in the secondary, it's interesting to me because you're looking at corners now that, like with an Ephesians Prysock, who you're going to be putting him in there. He's about six foot two. You look opposite him, you could be looking at a Charles Yates that's six one again. And then you got a Genesis Smith coming in uh, from Chandler, maybe that safety spot right there with some other dudes. There's going to be a bigger secondary as well. Yeah, and a couple of those guys as freshmen and sophomores look like they're future NFL players. Yeah. So. Uh, Genesis Smith, I didn't get to go down and watch anything in person, but I mean, he kind of looks like Adam Hall a little bit. Exactly. I just think, I just think he's got looser hips. And as that safety, you got to have, you know, you have to be able to cover the field. Whereas Adam Hall was the guy that would go downfield and, you know, clobber you. So right. they might be two kind of different players, but at the same time, they do both look automatically like they are next level players. Ephesians looks I mean, that's your prototypical corner right there. I, If you can get one of those in every single draft class, you're doing something right. So I'm excited to see what they do. And then I haven't really paid atten- too much attention to the safeties just because I'm a linebackers guy right. and, you know, I pay attention to the front seven. But I've been hearing nothing but good things about Genesis, Ephesians. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, what's your, what's your opinion? Well, let me ask you this first. What was your opinion when they hired Jet Fish? Well, to be honest with you, I wanted them to hire one of our guys. That's mm-hmm. just kind of how everyone that had played there. And because of the Kevin Sumlin debacle, we wanted to right. have more of a say. And then when they brought Jed Fish in, you know, at, at first, you're kind of like, I don't even know who the heck this guy is. He's been kind of a journeyman. Um, but, you know, he had always said that he wanted to have, you know, he wanted to develop a uh, college program. And right. I like that because it sounded like from the beginning, he wasn't just going to be, we weren't going to just be a pit stop. Right. But then 
after that, he started getting on some of these, um, some of these like Zoom videos yeah. with some former players, kind of tell them what they expect. And then you kind of start picking it up and you're like, okay, this sounds like it could work out. And then they were, you know, they brought in a couple of Arizona alum on the staff. That's mm-hmm. kind of something that, you know, we wanted to happen. And thankfully we have a couple that are really good coaches that we can bring in. And then as soon as we saw him hit the recruiting trail, a lot of us started kind of, our eyes got opened yeah. a little bit. And the fact that those guys are relentless on the recruiting trail at Arizona, you can't just walk into a Southern California school and say, Hey, block a, like come play for us. Right. Like you're, but you know, an SC or UCLA can, so you got to work twice as hard. You got to make twice as many calls. Um, you know, you might have to recruit a couple guys that are friends of theirs that might not be that next level guy, but they could contribute down the road to secure some of those top commitments. So, I mean, you guys remember when I first got to the U of A, we had um, Mark Stoops, um, Sonny Dykes, Sonny Dykes, Nichols, uh, Kish. I mean, we had a bunch of dynamic recruiters. Yeah. You saw that, how they were able to get from like the bottom of the barrel all the way up to a bowl game their third year. So, I mean, well, you started just, getting you started getting guys like Robert Golden and Devin Ross and guys that could have played pretty much anywhere they wanted at that point. And that's yeah, like yeah. you said, to your point. Well, right. And it's like you, if you're not at SC, you have to look at some of these guys that might not have the same hype, but they have the the body type that could project to be next level. You right. might want and kind of like you said, he misses big. Well, if you're going to go get an offensive tackle, that's a three star and he's only six, five to 60. I'm going to look for a guy if I can get him, you know, a couple inches taller, bigger frame, and you can kind of teach him the ropes and right. that guy could project to be that next level. So these guys, you know, because he's been in the NFL and some of these guys have been at that level, they can kind of tell what these kids are going to project to be. What I also like about Fish, too, is he's followed through on his promises. Every coach comes in here. Someone did this. Every coach has come in and said, you know, we're going nobody's going to out recruit me. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to leave it all out there. And then after about a year, you see that kind of weight off. You don't see that with Jet Fish. As a matter of fact, if anything, it's the exact opposite from engagement to recruiting, whatnot. He's relentless and he stayed relentless. Yeah, I just that same word. He's just relentless. I mean, he doesn't bring anybody on staff unless they're going to go work their butt off in recruiting. And that's what you need at a U of A. Um, you know, like the one thing about like Rich Rod's, uh, that whole coaching staff, when they're at West Virginia, because they had been established, people would just say, hey, listen, you need to go visit West Virginia. You know, they're right. in the top 10 every year. Same thing when they went to Michigan. Like you saw when the, uh, I forget the coach over at San Diego State right now. but Brady Hope. Yeah, but when he his first year in Michigan, they went to what the Sugar Bowl with yeah, twelve and one, yeah. So they were turning it around. They had a little bit of a different philosophy offensively, but they were getting the players in there. Then when they came down to Arizona, it's a little bit different. It's not right. the you know the flashing sign on the side of the street saying you know whatever. It's one of those you know I kind of gotta. They have to tell me a little bit more so that I can actually get a little bit more interest to actually come in and take a look at your school. Exactly. So, These guys aren't leaving it up to chance. Right. What I also got to be the biggest overhaul that I've seen, though, Jake, that's just really amazed me. And this is no disrespect to some of the previous players. But when you came in here, you had Will Plummer, you had Gunner Cruz, you had guys like that and receiver, a lot of different dudes. You look at receiver now, you can make the case. And maybe this is just me being biased. 
that we have as good a receiving core as there is in the conference. And I think it's top five in the country. I mean, you got Jacob Cowing, you got T-Mac, you're bringing in ex four star kid, uh, Lamonius Craig out of uh, Colorado as well, along yeah. with things like Kevin Green Jr., A.J. Jones, Malachi Riley. That's as good as I've seen here, Jake. I saw somebody rate our receiver unit in the Pac-12 as the fifth best. And I was like, crazy. Are you, like, what are you smoking at that point? Right. It makes no sense. Like this receiving core is as good as an SC or an Oregon. Right. That's just how it, it is. is. And it's just because you have a guy in T-Mac who's probably going to be a top two or three round pick at the least. Right. Uh, you bring in that kid from Colorado. He looks like he's going to be a beast. He's a big boy. He can actually jump over you, make a catch. And then you have Cowing. I mean, the only reason Cowing isn't rated higher on this year's list of, you know, top 100 players or whatever they put out every single year is because he was hurt like half the year last year. I mean, he started out the year, the first six games, I think he was number one or two in the entire country in receptions and reception yards. Right. Uh, and so he got hampered a little bit. And I think ultimately that's what really opened it up for the cat that just went to uh, SC, you know, mm-hmm. heck of a Dorian player. Singer. Yeah. yeah. Heck of a player. But I mean, if you have a guy like T-Mac, even as a freshman, and he can moss a senior right. at a power five school, that's pretty damn good. And then, like I said, this this group of youngsters, uh, I hope that uh, you know bringing in the guy from Colorado isn't going to make some of these guys leave. But, I mean, if they don't leave, even after Cowing leaves, you're still going to have a top two or three in the conference receiving core. Right. And, and give, give the, uh, the receivers coach, Green, give him props because he is killing it. One thing or two watching T-Mac reminds me a little bit about Jerron Kreiner when Jerron Kreiner was here and that, you know, maybe not blazing speed, but you throw the ball up. He's going to go up there and he's probably going to get it because he's got better hands and he's got he's just bigger than the guys he's going against. He looks like he's about two inches taller than Kreiner was. But right. You know, going back to your point, the ability for him to high point the ball. And if somebody's hanging on to his shoulder or his, his arm. With both hands, he can one arm or one hand catch uh, any ball thrown his way. So in the NFL, they look for that that receiving radius, that catch radius. Right. And he might have one of the top two or three in the country, especially yep. with his ability to jump. Right. And then you look at we haven't even talked tight ends yet. I mean, you, no. Tanner McLaughlin, and that to me, Tanner McLaughlin is the epitome of where this uh, coaching staff really excels on evaluating guys because. When I read that he was coming here, kid from Southern Utah, caught for a couple hundred yards, okay, whatever, you know, uh, uh, depth or whatever. Now you're looking at him as a possible NFL player. Yeah, I had no idea who he was either. And so right. I was surprised. Um, like I said, it, you just don't know with a first, you know, year head coach. Um, and then last year, that dude just absolutely blew my mind. Right. I mean, he looked like he's going to be an all Pac 12 caliber tight end. Um, I really like Kean Burnett coming in behind him too. Uh, the fact that Kean, who could have played a lot this year, is going to be the second yeah. string tight end, and the fact he's going to have another year after this year, it just I mean, he's doing really well at building good depth, not right. just bringing in fillers. He wants good depth, and I think he's doing really well. Right. Now, uh, let me tell you about something that you don't have to worry about. Pins and aces. All right. This is the official golf apparel partner of PHNX and All City. Do you uh, do golf, Jake? Oh, last time I went golf and I about quit for life. I got to do some uh, I got to do some lessons before I go out again. 
I'm the same way, man, because it drives me crazy just hitting the ball into the ground or slicing it everywhere else. But yeah. you can check out pinsandaces.com and use code word PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. If you're going to be bad like me, at least style yourself out there <laughs> while you're hitting those balls right there. Um, Look good while your game doesn't. That should what's be the that? Same. Yeah. That's what I'm Look saying. Look good man. while your game doesn't. Right, for sure, dude. That's and that's the key. That's what we're about. Offensively, though, I think this could be a top 15 to 20 team in the country. I really do. Um, I don't see a ton of weaknesses on this. We'll get to the line here in a minute. But uh, what do you think just about where this offense should be? I think having a really good stable of running backs is going to help a lot. So Wiley isn't having to run 20 times a game. Uh, I mean, shoot, I had to write it down because I forget everybody's name. I don't get to watch, you know, or go and just do and study enough. But Coleman, the the guy that we got from Auburn. Mm -hmm. uh, DJ Williams. Yeah, I mean, where the heck are you getting these guys? Like, I remember under the Stoops regime, we had a really good, you know, group of running backs. You had Grigsby and then, you know, just we had two or three other guys. And then all of a sudden you had uh, Kadeem. And you're like, wow, okay, so – just the fact that he's got four or five horses that can run. Uh, and then Jaden Delore just coming back uh, second year in the system. I think that he's going to be fine. And like you were talking about, the offensive line, I mean, if they can get like one more piece in the transfer portal, because I want to keep big Jonah in at guard. I but agree. The fact that he can actually play tackle is stupid good. Right. Like a guy that big. Well, and that's the part that's amazing to me, too. And I think this is where COVID actually helped Arizona because Jonah Savanea, with this with all due respect to the players here, looks like he should be at Georgia or Alabama. I mean, just the, just the way that he came in here. And I'll always remember Jed Fish saying that he's never seen a guy at 330 pounds carry that like he did as a 17 or an 18 year old. And just yeah. like you said, the fact that they're, they feel comfortable putting him at tackle. I mean, this is a dude that can do pretty much everything there. Well, with him and Jordan Morgan, and I forget the other guard, uh, true freshman that started. Wendell Moe. Wendell Moe. And then Hand at uh, center, right? Uh, if probably Josh Baker, but maybe Hand next to him, yeah. Okay, so Baker. But if they can find, I mean, because I want right. Joan in the, in the middle so bad. If they can Great. find one more guy for that right tackle spot, or if someone emerges, or if it's uh, Polito, right, the kid that we right. got from uh, California, I mean, we can have a really good offensive line. And we had some challenges the last few years, obviously. Right. Uh, and then the fact that, uh, once again, Jane Delore is going to be one more year in the system, have good running backs and that receiving core. And, I mean, two legit Pac-12 tight ends. I haven't seen an offense this loaded since probably my early Stoops days. Well, I was going to say, you probably have to go back to those early Stoops days yeah. right there to find just just a offense that, like you said, checks off pretty much everything across the board from QB yeah. play to running back to receivers to offensive line. you got to go back quite a ways there, Jake. Well, and then it looks like you might have, you know, just right now in the two deep, six or seven guaranteed NFL players. Right. So you're doing fine. You have an NFL player pretty much in every position for the most part. So, right. yeah, you're checking every box. Speaking of which, what was it like playing with Kadeem? I mean, the fact that we can run the ball so well, it was nice for a defense because you can actually catch your breath on the sideline. Because right. with Kadeem, you can control the clock. So even if you know they're running up to the line of scrimmage, 
Um, you know, and if they throw one of those crazy, you know, screen passes or whatever out to the side and you only get two yards or whatever, you could always depend on Kadeem to extend the play clock so that you can catch your breath on the sideline. But also just seeing a guy from Tucson being that good and having that good of a career, uh, we were very proud of him. Yeah, and honestly, like I thought, first time I saw Kadeem was when you probably seen it too, but was that flip he did as a uh, JV player when he was at C- uh, when he was at Sienega. Um, Sienega. Yeah, yeah, against Sienega. Yeah. yeah, and I've watched a lot of high school football in Tucson. I've never really seen somebody <laughs> that could do that as a thirteen yeah. or a fourteen year old. I remember I kept an eye on him after that. Yeah, the only running back I've seen better than Kadeem coming out of. Tucson would be um, what's his name the cat that went to Texas and he got Bijan Robinson Bijan I mean but other than that Kadeem for me in my lifetime I haven't seen anybody nearly as good as him well and then the fact is too is that he was able to translate it to college and he was still a man amongst boys even at the college level I mean you very rarely see guys get 40 carries a game and be stronger in the fourth quarter these days well, and what you got to remember is Kadeem could do everything that Bijan does, except Bijan had that quick just burst. Right. Whereas with Kadeem, sometimes he get hit in the backfield, and he's he had that very weird ability to where he could roll off of any tackle. You can never hit him straight up. It was so tough to get to him because you think that you're going to lay the wood, and then right. somehow he would get an extra yard or two, and you're like, normally if I hit you, you go back two yards. So he would always get that extra yard or two. I've never played against or with anybody that's been able to do that. And so that's kind of that was his superpower. He always got the extra yard or two. And you don't know how the hell he would do it. All right, let's talk about where you think Arizona fits kind of in in the conference. But another thing, Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports. Jake, I dubbed the four U of A big men last year the Four Peaks right there. Stupid, I know, but you know what? It made me laugh, so that's all I care about. I but, wish uh, more would have played well. They're just well, I know well. that's true. But you know what? Sometimes guys are behind the scenes; they have to contribute right there. So yes. uh, check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the uh, latest on Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be twenty-one years or up to uh, drink Four Peaks. Enjoy responsibly. All kinds of good stuff going on there. Now, looking around the conference, though, I look in the south or the old Pac-12 South. Um, Arizona State, I believe we should be better than. Colorado, I know it's Dion's first year, but I like our chances over them as well. Uh, UCLA as well. I mean, the teams I look at, yes, USC, Utah are going to be solid, but I feel this team is very much possible. A bowl, a bowl win or a bowl game, and I think, you know, finishing middle to the top four or five in the pack, I think it's a legitimate possibility. Yeah, everyone's been giving me flack for this. I think that we're going to be – Behind SC in Utah, but I think we're going to be better than UCLA in the South. And I think we're going to win seven games in the regular season, get to a bowl game, and win our eighth one in the bowl game. Right. And so, at which point, Jed Fish got to be your coach of the year. Well, yeah. Now you got to retain him. Right. And see the most difficult part. Because people, if he gets to eight wins and he, you see all the talent on the roster, you know he can recruit, it's going to be tough to keep him here. But, I mean. It's a good problem to have. Problem to have, Yeah. You know, that's the that's the way I look at it. For uh, quarterback play, you obviously played with some pretty good quarterbacks at the University of Arizona. Yeah. What did you see from Jaden Delore in his first year at the U of A? I, you know, I see a guy with a lot of talent. Sometimes he gets a little bit too competitive, which if you can rein that in a little bit, you're going to be fine. 
And then just once again, and I know I've said this four times or something on this podcast or this video, but just one more year in the system where he doesn't have to think twice. Maybe right. it might be a third down, a pivotal third down, and he knows where his receiver is going to be as opposed to having to think about it and then maybe having to throw it in the dirt or giving up a sack. Um, I think he's going to do fine. I think he'll throw for 4,000 yards. And I think that uh, I think he's going to be a bigger player on the ground too. I really do. Um, I heard him talk about the fact that he gained, you know, 20 to 30 pounds, but it's good weight. And now instead of, you know, being worried about getting hit, he said that he feels like he can run through people. Now, Jaden, I don't think, you know, I don't know if you'll ever watch this video, but don't try to do that all the time. Right. At the same time, I just think he'll he'll be a bigger threat on the ground, too. A guy that I have no clue what to make of, but I'm cautiously optimistic is Noah Fafita. When you watch him, he can throw the ball. He can make all the plays. Probably has the biggest arm on the team. But, Jake, yeah. we've never seen somebody at the Power 5 level at five foot eight do it. I mean, he would really be a trendsetter. It's one thing being 5'10". It's another thing when you're about 5'8 right there. And that's where it's going to be fascinating to see what he can do. See, I haven't seen him in person, so I had no idea he was that tiny. Um, yeah, he's 5'8", legitimately. Well, and listen, going back to the whole recruiting thing, a lot of times if you want to get some of the big-time recruits, you want to get some of the guys on their team that will help kind of bring some of these guys that way, like at Servite. But from what I've heard from Jed Fish and the fact that he is second in that room, and he was second in that room as a freshman, and right. just from some of his highlights I've seen, whether it's a spring game or practice or whatever, um, I've heard nothing but awesome things about him. Right. And he may not be as tall as a guy like Drew Brees, but Drew Brees wasn't back there being able to see over his offensive line. It's all timing. You get right. timing right and you can read a few things, you can, you know, you can do well. And I've seen him make some plays with his feet. So I'm comfortable if Jaden were, you know, to have to take a game off with him running it just because I've heard like you have those guys that don't look as good in practice and he he looks good in practice, but he, I've heard nothing but, you know, bad about him. And I've heard that he's a gamer. So right. it's like, okay, well, I might've forgotten to play, but I can make a play with my feet now and he might make someone look stupid. Sometimes right. that's what you need. All right. Before we sign off here, we got a great question here from Steve Hernandez for you. But one other thing, Fubo TV, get over 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, news, you name it. Start watching immediately with a seven day free trial. You can uh, watch the Wildcats with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15 percent off your first month of Fubo TV. No contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. All right. Steve Hernandez, uh, question for Jake. Who was the best running back you ever faced in the Pac-12? Oh, faced a lot of good ones. Uh, we faced, uh, like my freshman year, we played against Toby Gerhardt, but I didn't play. That's That was my freshman year, and we had four senior linebackers playing in front of me. Right. Um, all those Oregon guys, they were all super quick, and if they get in the open field, good luck catching them. Um, I got absolutely destroyed by the strongest running back I've ever gone against was Silas Red, oh, uh, yeah. senior year. Yeah, Penn State was, transfer to USC. Yeah. yeah, I was running on a bad ankle, and I planted on it, and I see this dude coming downhill. I was like, I'm done for. Um, Washington's had some good ones. I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head, to be 100% honest with you. I can name quarterbacks. I mean, I got to play against Andrew Luck. Marcus Mariota was awesome. Uh, Marcus Mariota was such a freak. He literally would do the – 
it was almost like a triple option handoff. He'd start running it. And then 10 yards down the field, he would have an option over here behind him. And he's sending it across the field like 20 yards against us. And I'm running behind him about to hit him. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. So I feel like he should have done better in the NFL, but I know that he's very system oriented. So, you know, it didn't really work out as much. But then I got a chance to play with Foles, right? Super Bowl Mm -hmm. MVP, beat Tom Brady, outshine Tom Brady. Absolutely. Um, And then I thought, for Rich Rod's uh, offense, I thought the perfect quarterback, and we were very lucky to still have Matt Scott there. Yeah. Was Matt Scott, and I don't think he gets enough props because that dude is so tough. I've seen him get hit, finish a drive, and then come out and start throwing up everywhere. And it's like, is this dude concussed? But he just finished a drive and scored us a touchdown. So he's the epitome of the guy that you wish he could have had for you that Rich Rod could have had for multiple years. Obviously had him for the one great year, but man, for two years, Jake, that would have been fantastic. That would have been awesome. And I think that, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk down about BJ Danker because he fit the system extremely well. But if you have a guy like a Matt Scott who can have a second year, kind of like what Warren's going to have, and he's that good with that offense, I think we could have gone a little bit further. We finished eight and five, but there are a couple games that we could have won if we had, you know, him in his year two, right? And it may have been the same thing if we had Danker in year two, but Danker was in year one. Right. So, um, man, I think that uh, just two years of starting experience would really have done us well. He's the great Jake Fisher. Before we sign off, Jake, where can they find you and what are you up to again for people that maybe missed the beginning? We have the we have the most affordable health insurance and life insurance. We have health insurance with no outpatient deductibles, no copays. No co-insurance, and then I have over 50 life insurance companies to shop for. So I am going to save you money and get you a better plan. Uh, If you want to go check us out, www.arizonahealthinsider.com. You can find me all over Facebook, Twitter. I don't really tweet, you know, other things besides Arizona sports and stuff about the business. So, yeah, go follow our page. You know, we're very blessed. And then, again, if you want to work with a fellow Arizona Wildcat, I'm right here. Give us a call. He's Jake Fisher. I'm Mike Luke. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks again, Jake. Really appreciate you, my guy. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.